Hey, how's it going? Tommy Taylor here. And I'm Desnica, and welcome to the Marriage 2.0 podcast. couple that went through just about everything bad someone can go through in marriage quadruple times over and came out more in love than ever and using our story to inspire and give hope to the world. Since we've come out of our version of hell on earth, we have built a global marriage coaching business mentoring hundreds of couples and individuals all around the world. We've helped them fix issues like affair recovery, communication, intimacy issues, addictions, and all forms of abuse when no one else could. We've gone through all of these things plus so much more, so we get it. We tried everything out there from counseling, therapy, intensives, webinars, hundreds of books, and even tactics like Slow to Speak, Quick to Listen. And the truth is, all of those things were just band-aids that left us on an emotional roller coaster from hell. We truly believe that when you couple a heart for God and a strong desire for massive action, anything is possible. But honestly, most of us are never given the right knowledge. The Marriage 2.0 podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, sports, health, entertainment, and finance in order to help you live the purpose-filled life God designed for you so that you can live an inspiring life filled with more freedom, love, and impact. So get ready to learn the stuff that no one ever taught you about marriage. Your old marriage is dead and marriage 2.0 starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode. So today we're going to be talking about the seven deadly sins, right, or mistakes slash mistakes that people make in their marriage that really are problems and definitely will cost you your marriage so these are more of like things that people do i would say leading up to fixing it some of them dwell fixing it but most of them leading up to fixing it that actually prevents you from doing it no matter if you're an individual or a couple and most people honestly think you know like the seven deadly things and the seven deadly sins would be like oh like you know it's gonna be communication and trust and fidelity you know different types of abuse or lack of intimacy divorce or addictions However, those are not the core issues that keep people from really working on the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like we get it, you know, they're the most common things that people think of. Like uh, Mm. it's most common things that people think when it comes to issues in the marriage. However, still these things are honestly, most of them are just surface level issues that can honestly be overcome very easily. Yes. Uh, Most marriages that we come across can be fixed fairly easily. I know that sounds like arrogant, but it's not. It's just true. So, you know, what are they then, right? Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to what the real ones are here. But first, we want to explain why we're talking about this. And well, why? Because honestly, y'all need to hear the truth and people need to know the truth. And uh, yes, it's probably going to make some people mad and rub some people the wrong way. And that's okay. However, you know, we are here to tell you the truth. You know, we see so much, hear so much. And, you know, just through our own experience and all our clients, And then everyone we talk to and, you know, so we're not here to coddle anyone or just make people feel good. We want to see you change. We want to see you grow. And so we don't tell you what you want to hear, but we tell you the truth and what you need to hear. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about this today because we want to help you avoid these things. Yes. So, you know, give you hope and avoid these things. And honestly, these are some of the things that really liminary things that prevent people from even saving their marriage in the first place. Because honestly, most of the people that come to us, especially couples like honestly as long as they do this stuff it's pretty much inevitable that it's going to be fixed 
Like it's almost you just do like, the it, work. It's gonna be fixed. Yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> it's much easy. it's pretty much like ninety nine. Like we say, about ninety five percent success rate, but it's really it's like ninety eight, ninety nine. Like the thing is, like it's almost inevitable. It's gonna be fixed. It's just it's just what it freaking is. And so that when it boils down to it, we want to give you real world examples also with this that have prevented people from actually doing this. So taking hopefully, action. yeah, from taking action, doing the things that they need to be doing, and you know, committing these what we call seven deadly sins in your marriage. So we're going to tell you, what are these seven deadly sins for your marriage and how do you fix them and prevent them? Going to yep. be some key things. Yep, all together wrapped up in one. So the first one, number one is, you know, the wrong versus the right priorities. Such a big deal. See this daily, 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 daily. Yeah, and most people have their priorities, to be really honest with you, completely out of alignment. You're like, yep, I know. I'm like, well, you do. And here's the thing. And they just continue to make bad decisions out of alignment. For example... People will put work over fixing their marriage. Yep. And, you know, I see that all the time. Also, people put kids first above everything else, above themselves, above the marriage. And, you know, most of the time they put themselves last. And so some huge, huge problems here. When you do all of this, not only will you end up most likely losing yourself, but you'll also find yourself full of bitterness and resentment. This is why there's so many people who have bitterness and resentment because they don't take care of themselves and they're putting everyone else first. And we see this all the time. Yep. So you're like, well, doesn't it say joy, Jesus, others, and yourself? No, that's a stupid statement. Jesus, yes, first, of course, always. God but first. Yes, God first, 100%. But this is the way it's supposed to be. And you can disagree with this all you want, but the facts tell the truth. So the right priorities are God first, always. Then you in a self-care way, not a selfish way, but a self-care way. Then your, you know, then your spouse slash marriage, right? And then your kids, then your career or business, then your family, extended family, and then friends. And so... That's the correct order of priorities, not only what to put first, but also how to make effective decisions too. Oh, yes. And so when you base it off of that, you would get much different results. However, most people have their their priorities completely out of alignment. And, you know, and we did too. My priorities were kids, work, um, other people, anyone else, then Tommy, and then I wasn't on the board, you know, and much of any aspect. And that was literally how I ran. My kids were always first. I took care of them. However, that was a part, not all of. So no, just not fixing your priority or just fixing your priorities is not a complete fix, but it's important. It plays an important role. So, you know, we did it too. Tommy's were out of alignment. So we're, you know, it is common and we see these things all the time. Absolutely. Like, for example, I want to give, we're going to give you examples from most of these on what people have done. So, like, we'll give you our examples of what we've done, obviously, like we just did. But we're also going to give you examples of what other people have done. So, this was just literally the other day. Uh, for example, we, we talk to tens of thousands of people every year. And a lot of people do this type of stuff. So, we want to help you prevent that. So, for example, we had a couple the other day. And they had a, you know, our process is is certain, is like a, application process to work with us. And so they had a final call after they went through the first part of it set up with me the other day. And she said they didn't basically have the money that she canceled the call day before because they needed to pay for their son's college bill. Right. And so here's the thing. Well, number one, I told her is like, you know, he is a grown man and it's his responsibility. By the way, I promise you just as a side note here, I didn't tell her this, but I was like, he will value college way not really for college but either way regardless people value what they pay for so he's going to value college way more and those who pay 
pay more attention. So he's going to get so much more out of it. So you're actually doing him a disservice by allowing you to pay for it and not him. He's going to be there like goofing off and freaking partying and sleeping with everybody, all this other stuff. So that being said, like those who pay, pay attention. And like the thing is, like the truth, I told her that, you know, that the, their priorities are out of alignment. And I, and I, she agreed. And I said, you know, I asked her like, what do you, she never responded back to this, but I said, you know, I asked her, what do you really think your son would rather have? A, a college degree that he probably won't even use. Most people don't use their college degrees. Yeah, most people don't. Uh, to B, or his, his B, B option right here would be his parents together, strong, amazing marriage, no trauma from a divorce, no deep-rooted issues, and don't kid yourself, kids are not resilient. I don't care how old they are. Uh, no one, you know, no, no learning. It's okay to get a divorce, right? But from his parents, so you more caught than taught. No generational curses that are instilled. And know how to be a healthy individual and have all of the right foundations in his own marriage and that will thrive one day versus getting divorced just like y'all will because it will happen trust me and these things are passed down in so many different aspects here so you know there is so much more and i love the aspect of you know how we teach our clients to teach their kids mm -hmm. and how it turns around because by 18 he already has his own limiting beliefs he is only he's already programmed based on like the chaos of, you know, the, the relationship, like he's already been exposed to that. It's already ingrained. So if they don't teach him, those things are just going to compound. And while, you know, kids might be good in their twenties, that's why so many people have breakdowns like late twenties, thirties, and then even to like their fifties and people are like, Oh, it's a midlife crisis. No, no. It's just, they were never taught to be healthy individuals. And one day they snap because of, you know, this not taking care of themselves. And so hundred percent, like, so priorities are way out of a line there. I have to say like, you know, even from just like what our own kids express to us, you know, about, you know, how they see other people behave. They're like, why do people act that way? You know, and we have to teach them like, you know, it's, they just don't know how to be healthy individuals. And, you know, our kids have such an advantage on that aspect and, you know, your kids can too, but have to take the lead somewhere. You know, another, another example of like priorities out of a line is, you know, well, um, I have to continue to pay for my spouse, even though they don't want the marriage. We're separated and, you know, they don't contribute at all, but I'm paying for all of their stuff. And typically that's also paying for, you know, affairs and different aspects and them running around partying and stuff. And You're it's enabling like, them. You don't really care mm -hmm. about them. That's the truth. It's yeah, in the heart behind it, you know, understand. However, it's the wrong action. And so that's the priorities are way out of line. There's so much that goes into that. Like, no, like you shouldn't be paying for your spouse if they don't want to be in the marriage. And if they're, they're not contributing, they are an adult and that is enabling. And I know I had did that with Tommy. Yep. hundred percent. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Yep. And so I, I went from paying for everything, taking care of everything to not and that was, yes, it was hard for me because I was used to making sure Tommy was great, but that was one of the best things that happened. Absolutely. Another example, we'll give you a number of different ones here because this is a popular one. This is like the most common one, I would say, when it comes to priorities, honestly. But another another similar one that I mentioned before, not to hers, but a different one. Uh, this guy, same kind of thing, cancels the call on me, but this time, at least the other person had the courtesy to do it the day before, 24 hours in advance and uh, at least this person canceled on me like last like 30 minutes before the call was going to happen. Um, don't ever do that. Uh, that being said, uh, anyways, he had to go. His excuse was I have to go to a customer's house, right? It wasn't an emergency. It was just part of work, part of work. Right. 
And you're like, well, that's messed up because like, yeah, people have to work. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. So here's the thing. I told them like, I told them number one, the same. I said, number one, his priorities are out of alignment and that, you know, and what they were supposed to be. Right. I told them what we talked to you guys about previously. And I said, like he played and he, here's the thing. What he did was he played the victim card. He said, don't shame me. <laughs> I was like, well, of course I'm going to shame you because like, you know, you need to hear the truth. I said, I'm going to tell you the hundred percent the truth. Cause you need to hear it. Cause I actually give a crap about you. I'm not here to sugarcoat things. Right. That's not who I am. And so that doesn't align my values, principles, none of that. And so you need to have someone like give you the cold, hard truth. But his excuse was like, I had to make money, blah, blah, blah. I was like, but here's the real truth here. Here's the real truth behind all this. He was making decisions, number one, out of misalignment of his what his priorities should be. Because mm-hmm. he, he admitted I was right. Two, they're out of fear. Um, and then I also said like, you know, he's right about the money. You know, he needs, wait, you're like, what, hold on? I'm like, yeah, so just give me, bear with me here. I said, yeah, you're right. You need the money. He, he needs the money. He needs the job, right? More than he needs his family and marriage. It's clear where his priorities are. If, if he actually cared about his marriage, his family, generations to come, he would push off one client that probably doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things compared to your marriage, one out of so many customers, right? If it was a real priority, it would be. And there's yeah. there's only... It, these are only like three out of tens of thousands of people that we talk to that are misalignment of priorities every year. And there are so many different aspects in this. And I used to be caught in that trap of, you know, uh, but before, you know, when I had a regular job and, you know, we were in our darkest hour, like I had priorities way out of line, you know, work, I did put work first at one point too. And, you know, out of that fear of like, Oh, I have to earn money and I have to do this and that. And what I found was like living out of alignment like that, like it wasn't blessed and I didn't have the favor of God. And when I put myself in like started having my priorities in line, I actually did so much better and there was like favor and there was blessing. And then I actually showed up different and it's just a huge, massive ripple effect. There's so much that goes into it, but with, with that, like you actually end up earning more with right priorities and being a healthy individual, then you'll do any day being like in fear and scrapping around and just like, Oh, I got to work. I got to do more and do more and do more. Like you're going to earn more by saying no and being a healthy individual than you will any day living in fear. Yep. Also that's number one, right? The second one here is fear versus faith, right? So fear, you know, what, what does that look like? Well, fear is like, what if it don't work when, when we, when we work on it, blah, 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 right? They will judge me. They will gang up on me. What if they fall for divorce, right? I need to save for divorce. That cracks me up. People would rather save for divorce than actually work on their marriage. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> That's so no. retarded. I don't understand it. Like makes no logical sense to me. Like, why would you like just, Oh, I just give up. I'm just, I, I don't have any, nothing in me. I'm just, you know, right. I just, I'm just give up on everything. Right. So like another one is like, what if they don't want to work on it? Right. Well, so that isn't, that's irrelevant. You need to work on you and you need to work on saving the marriage. You need to build internal pressure and we help, a lot of couples say their marriage all the time. Uh, you know, or individuals say their marriage all the time when the other spouse doesn't want to. We use this method called the power of one. So, like, you can definitely do that. And it's like the last one here is like, what if they file and I need, you know, the money for bills and all that stuff? So, same similar thing. But there's there's all these different fears that go on. Yeah, it's and a actually, fear mindset. I will say that there's actually another fear here too that you know people don't recognize and they don't put a lot of thought into. But it's actually like that fear of success is like they're they're scared it's going to work. Um, you know, that happens a lot too. Like they're like, well, it sounds too good to be true. And then like, what if it does work? And then what? <laughs> it's like, uh, my life, you know, I won't have all of this, 
you know, chaos and drama. And so many people are addicted to the chaos and the drama that like they can't imagine what their life would be like in peace. And so they have that fear of letting go of chaos. Yeah, we have so many hundreds of testimonials that people will tell you, like, I didn't think it was possible, but wow, this is, you don't have to suffer. Literally, it, I had a client tell me the other day, it's like, it's literally a choice, no matter how bad it is to fix it or not. Yeah, it's a choice. Uh, most anything, he said, he's like, I can see now how most anything can ever be fixed. They were pretty bad. So like, you know, the faith side of it says, what does faith say? So that's fear we talked about. What does faith say? Well, faith says I'm scared, but I'm going to walk in alignment with my principles, my values. I'm going to stand for my marriage or work on my marriage together, right? No matter mm -hmm. what situation you're in, right? I'm going to trust God and take a leap of faith, right? Trusting God doesn't, doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Trusting the situation doesn't feel comfortable. Trusting the process isn't comfortable. If you want to be comfortable, you'll never get anything in life. You'll definitely lose your marriage. Yeah, most people are too comfortable in their discomfort. They're like, oh, well, like they're comfortable in this discomfort, right? And so they stay there because of the fear of the unknown. And so they don't actually walk in faith because of the fear of like, oh, well, what if, all the what ifs come into play. And this is where like, no, like faith is I'm actually going to trust God unconditionally. And that means in all aspects of like, you know, trust him to like to guide me through the process in this, you know, and for the finances, like I don't have to, you know, there has been so many times like God when you do an act, like it may not make sense, but God will bless it. And you know, it comes back. So if you're idolizing money, you're going to continue to struggle with money, whatever you're idolizing, like that'll continue to be a struggle. Absolutely. God, like you can't expect God to give you a miracle and idolize money. That's not going to work. I mean, I'm all for making money all for that. We'll talk about, you know, that in a minute, but like when it comes down to it, you know, you got to decide I'm going to trust God unconditionally. Right, whether he decides to, you know, whether, whether this works or not, I'm going to do what I, it's in line my principles and values. Cause honestly, the chance of it working is pretty high if you do the right thing, like with us, but like, regardless, you still can't control the outcome. So yeah. like when it boils down to it, you have to choose to like, no, I'm going to act in line with my principles and values and I'm going to trust God. You know, yes. Yeah. And amen. Yes. Before amen means yes. Whatever's next God, I'm going to trust you no matter what my, my answer to whatever you asked me to do is already. Yes. And I, you know, just to be clear here, I had, this is one of the aspects, like I had to trust God unconditionally. You know, when Tommy and I started our reconciliation, we didn't have like, you know, we didn't, we didn't have like the program all laid out for us. Like we have for our clients with like clear action steps. Like, you know, we didn't have that. And, you know, part of that, like trust as like, you know, I did have to trust God unconditionally. You know, there was a time like I didn't, I hated Tommy. And I was like, God, just give me an out. I was like, and when, you know, I knew that that wasn't the right thing and I had to stand with my principles and values and fight for the marriage. And it was like having to overcome that fear of like, well, what if like, you know, and like, no, like God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to do this, you know, and trusting God on the financial aspect. Tommy and I spent over 150 K, you know, investing into our, like trying to fix our marriage. You know how much trust that takes? Like we didn't have that. Like we like, and it wasn't all uh, at once. No. And it was like it was continuous on, on things that didn't work after thing, after thing, after thing. And it was like, yeah. So and so that's where like, it was like true trust unconditionally of like, no, like, you know, uh, I'm going to show up like, yes, it takes vulnerability. It takes so many different aspects, but like the trust there of unconditionally and doing things out of your discomfort is so big. And you have to adopt that. Like, I'm not just going to just sit on my hands and just pray for my marriage to be fixed. Oh, Jesus. Like, no. I did not do that whatsoever. Let me just tell you, man, I did pray. I prayed and I prayed for myself and I prayed for Tommy and I prayed a lot more for myself. Um, and then I'd pray for Tommy. 
However, we did not just sit on our hands and ask God to just fix it for us. There was so many things that we actually had to move. It takes actions of faith. Faith is action. It's not just waiting. Yeah, and here's the thing: like it, it's not, it's not just one, like miracle. There's not just one miracle in the Bible ever that did not require some sort of action from a person first. You can't list one. I guarantee it. Like God will give you a green light, but He's not going to drive the car for you. I can tell you that. It's like it's like everybody just wants Jesus to take the wheel. Yeah, maybe in an extreme circumstance, but he's not going to do that when it's in control and he wants you to, to grow through your faith. Like if it's out of your control and like you're flipping your car, that's different. But I'm talking about like here, like it's not, oh yeah, it's not, oh yay, I sit in the valley of the shadow of death or yay though, I am carried through the valley of the shadow of death. It's yay though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walking's an action. Mm-hmm. Walking's an action. And so like, you know, well, I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible, I'm going to church, like I'm, you know, I'm being slow to speak, quick to listen. Those are the most common things people do. That's not going to fix your marriage. Like you have to have so much more than that. And I'm not saying the Bible is enough. Of course it is. But you don't have a thousand years to figure out every little meaning behind every little verse, behind that verse, behind that verse to fix it. Like you actually need help. And it actually says to seek counsel. Don't seek counselors. I don't mean that. But when it comes to the Bible, like it actually says to do that. So that being said, the miracle God has for you requires your obedience and actions of faith. Don't miss out on your miracle because you chose to live in fear versus actually walking in faith. Yes, that is. Or else you will get exactly what's coming to you, a divorce. Those are some big aspects. So one of the other deadly sins that we want to talk about is having pride and ego versus being humble and coachable. This is huge. I see this all the time as well. And um, so pride and ego is a, is a huge barrier. There's a lot of people who have pride and ego and that gets in their way. And then like that is one of the biggest aspects. Yep. So ego, what does it stand for? Well, some people have heard the different quotes. You know, you got like edging out God or, you know, edging greatness out, right? Or edging God out, sorry, or edging greatness out. Um, but then you got, how, how does pride show up though? Well, I can do this on my own is one. That Tommy said that. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> that was I Tommy. Promise you. Yeah, maybe you can like eventually at some point. Like, but really, we didn't. We didn't even do it on our own. Uh, no, we. So like you know, we we need an we need we, we need we don't need outside help. We just need God, and we just need to talk about it versus argue and get along. Right. I I oh said I God. said this. Tommy said that all. The I time. said that it was so ignorant and prideful, and it was just honestly ridiculous as like obviously not because that's not working and like so then we would argue about even that so we couldn't even talk about we were bad we couldn't even talk about that right and but there's a difference so just talking just talking and just sharing and i talked to a couple today they're like we've been talking for weeks and like all night long just talking to her blue in the face you're not getting anywhere and that's because you're not getting anywhere because just talking how you know how to talk isn't going to get you the results you want you have to actually do something different and have true foundational change. It's not even the right way to talk. Like even if we gave you our tools right now on how to have conversations with somebody, you would fail. And the reason why is because it's not a permanent fix. You need all the right foundations in addition to that. Communication is not the sole issue. Yeah. And so another one for how pride shows up. I love this one. Uh, we're not that bad. And um, most they of look t- at us, right? They look at what we, everything we've been to. And that's probably true. But like when it comes down to it, like... Don't worry, you will get there, I promise. And so, and even if you're not that bad, quote unquote, on us, that doesn't mean that you're not in a bad spot, you know? And a lot of times talking to people, they contradict themselves all the time, right? So pride is, you know, 
uh, we're not communicating. There is no intimacy, intimacy. Like we know we don't do anything together. I feel I'm walking on eggshells all the time. You know, I'm having to manage their emotions. Oh, but we're not that bad. I'm happy. And I'm Call like, that not bad. I'm like, that's terrible. And you're not actually happy. Like that, that's not true happiness. If you're walking around on eggshells, managing someone else's emotions without any intimacy or, or communication and feeling like, you know, unsafe in your own house, like, no, like that's not actual, like you just contradicted yourself because you just said how alone you felt. So those things don't correlate. I love calling people out on stuff like that. Uh, so just know if I do want to call, I love it. Um, but like, I and know, it's for your benefit yeah. because a lot of times like this is people trying to convince themselves like, Oh, and like, that's that self-protection and it's part of that pride and pride isn't like, Hey, that you're a bad person. So Tommy and I had pride in ego in different areas. Absolutely. And this is something that God keeps in check for me. You know, like I'll speak for myself on this aspect. Like, you know, God keeps a, the, that's something I reflect on often and make sure that I'm not being prideful or have an ego, you know, cause we keep that in check. So does it mean you're a bad person? No. Does it mean that there's much deeper things going on? Yes. And so the, the things that we talk about, most of this stuff is like subconscious and where you aren't really, you know, aware to be you're, honest. You're not aware. Like a lot of people think they're mm -hmm. introspective, but they're really not even close. So like, also I know mindset, this right? Is a big one. Like people get on calls with me and they're just like, you know, I know how to fix it. I know, I know what, well, they don't say that. They say, I know what's going on. I know what the issue is. They're doing this, this and this. And then like, if they just, just, if they just do this and then we just do this together, then we can fix it. I'm like, Oh, so you, so you don't need me. Right. So you don't need help or anything. Cause you already got it figured out. They're like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm like, well, it sounds like you're saying that. So like when it boils down to it, like if you knew how to fix it, you already would. Like also another one is not taking feedback. Well, right. Like this is something that we give people and they just don't take some people, some people, most people do most, some people don't though. I had, I had someone argue with me on the phone the other day. Um, well, they tried to argue with me, like they got upset and I was, and I just cut that off real quick. Cause I'm not, I'm not about to sit here and argue. And like, that's not beneficial for anyone, but like you, it's just fighting, fighting for those beliefs because you know, it was that I know mindset, the priorities were out of line. There was no value for himself. And it was pride and ego of like, it's not me, it's her. Like, it's her. Like, why do I have to do anything? It's all her. And, you know, if she would just, and like, no, like there was so much like pride and ego getting in the way there. I'm like, no, there's a lot that you can do. And, you know, we see this a lot of, you know, showing up of, it's not me, it's them. If the Bible's very clear on this. Pride and ego, you let it get in the way, I guarantee it'll be your downfall. Mm -hmm. Get what you sow. That's what it is. Um, now, what is... What is like humble and coachable look like, right? Because that's the opposite, right? Right. So number one, God, uh, you know, promotes people that are humble, not prideful. So yes. let's just put the get out of the way. Two, like, what does it look like? Well, they take feedback well, right? So there's that. They 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 understand. I can't do this on my own. Right? I need help. I need help. I know I need help. I need help right now, like yesterday. Uh, it also they understand like they listen and they take fast. Not only listen, but they take fast action. They take 100% accountability and responsibility for their life, at least for the most part. They make it do a little bit better, but they do. And then they, they give 100% effort in detail, not just like one sentence answer, stuff like that on homework, but they give 100% detail. Yes, and just in that aspect also of, you know, they ask questions if there's not understanding. You know, they'll ask questions and, you know, for, for clarification to make it understand. They'll ask how to apply things to them. And just different aspects, like that's being coachable, like, Coachable means that you're actually going to take feedback 
implement, ask questions and grow from it. And you're not being defensive. So if you're arguing or justifying or coming up with excuses, well, I did this because, well, I did this because like, that's actually the ego and pride coming up. So being coachable means that you're not going to sit there and like fight to justify like whatever you did. It's being coachable in that aspect to take feedback and move forward. Yep. And this is honestly, like I said before, like we get this all the time, like on calls with people that seem like they tell us exactly what the situation is, how they know how to fix it, all that stuff. And it's like, really like the only, the only truth here is that if you knew how to fix it, then you already would have, and you wouldn't be talking to me or her. You wouldn't have even been like (laughs) Like, in our group or found us or been listening to the podcast. Like really nothing. Like if you knew exactly what to do to fix the situation, there would be like no knowledge of who we are. Yeah. So this also comes up in other points. Like we don't, we don't need someone to tell us how to, how to do our stuff. Like all we need is God church and all this stuff. Like, so yeah, you need to understand that like, yes, God is important. Put him first in your life, but you need to have other things in your life. And there's a lot of basic foundations and key foundations, things that you need in a lot of detail because there is so much more to learn. It's not one thing that's going to fix your marriage. There's so much more to, to learn mm-hmm. and know in all of the foundations to build that are very, very elaborate. You don't even begin to know your mind can't even comprehend it. Honestly, like there's a ton. Can, is it, can it be done a hundred percent, especially when it's lined out in very clear action steps yep. for you. Hundred percent. But you know, in that aspect of, you know, I have had people message me and be like, Hey, what, what's something I can do to fix this? And it's not like, it's not one thing and I can't do it in 15 minutes, right? Like this is, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And so no one thing isn't going to be the complete fix when your marriage is on the brink or on all of this. I guess there's one thing that they could do. You want to know what it is? It's hire us. That's the one thing. That's your one first action steps you need to take. Um, but another thing here is victim versus victor mindset. So this is going to be very key. Like the, in the classic victim behavior often includes the following, like constant excuses and complaints, false blames and promises, right? Fear of making mistakes and compliment and, you know, getting, getting, getting comments and stuff like that. Um, you know, belief in quick shortcuts and outcomes, you know, lost, lost resources of time and energy. Victim mindset also is, you know, there's a lack of self-confidence and I'm not going to lie. One of my biggest pet peeves is a victim mindset and it goes, absolutely. And it goes into like, I can't, and I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. And can't stands for certainly I'm not trying. Uh, there is so many, uh, first of all, I can't is a mindset. Like you need to figure it out mindset. And I promise like there's a solution. I love problem solving. It's just another problem to solve. Life is always going to be full of problems. There's problems all the time, different problems. How are we going to solve it? So if you run around with like, a, I can't like that's a, a victim mentality. Also, it's just my spouse. And this one gets me all the time because I, it gets me because it was me. A hundred percent. It was Tommy. If Tommy, like I promise this was, so our darkest hour, I'm like, man, I'm amazing. I'm like, I do everything around the house. I take care of the house. I take care of the kids. I take care of Tommy. I'm like a great wife. Um, I'm like, you just suck. And I was very mean like that. And I would tell him that I'm like, you just suck. I'm like, it's not me. It's you. You know, you have to, you need to go get help. You need to do this. You need to do that. And honestly, So there was my pride and ego, if you can't tell, like bringing in. So most people don't just have one of these seven. Most of them have like all or a blend. So I had pride and ego and this victim mindset of like, it's not me. Like it's you and you're doing this to me. And 
you know, if it wasn't for you, then, you know, I wouldn't have, you know, done all the things that I've done. Or if you would just give me attention, that was a big thing. If you would just give me attention, like one, then I wouldn't have cheated. And then two, we wouldn't be in the spot that we are. Yeah, it's it's just being a vic- very victim mindset. And oftentimes these people will also, I didn't even like think about this to talk about this in the podcast, but they'll like make, you know, kind of had this people call this narcissist but it's really not like it's just people being victims but like it's like one of those things that like they put like posts all over facebook and like you know woe is me you know and then oh my gosh you're such a great person you don't deserve this blah 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 right like that that's what comes up here it's like dude like stop seeking validation from number one people that don't even matter yeah and these this is all things that I, I had, I was really good at that. I had mastered all of those things for sure. And, you know, so those are a victim type mindset also is like, you know, there's just nothing else I can do. you know, I'm already doing everything like, no, you're not. And I know that because I know what one, what's out there and just talking, honestly, just talking to someone in a five minute conversation, you can find someone's like deepest, darkest beliefs and what's running their lives. And you can see like the victim mindset in, in those things for sure. And, you know, these things come out and they come out all the time. Yep. So let's talk about the, the actual, like, you know, victor, victor mindset, right? What's a victor mindset look like, right? By the way, Vic, there's no, there's no like admiration or respect in victimhood except for overcoming it. Mm-hmm. So that being said, you may not be responsible for everything that happened to you, meaning if you're raped or something like that, you know, but you are responsible for overcoming it. So anyways, here we go. So like the victorhood part of it, like they take 100% responsibility for everything that happens to them or you know in their life, right? So it's 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 also a fighter jet versus crop duster mindset. I won't go into detail about that, but that's something that you learn with us. Uh, we also set, you know, they set goals and they're driven, right? They live by principles over feelings, but while taking care of their feelings. Yes, and this is a big aspect. Someone's like, why don't y'all care about feelings? No, first of all, we never said that. So obviously come back and rewind, listen. Yeah, we we do actually, we're, we're the number one about not suppressing anything. Like we don't suppress nothing. However, we just don't let our feelings lead us, right? Like I don't feel like doing a lot of things on most days. Like, you know, I don't always feel like waking up. I don't feel like going to work out. I don't feel, I never feel like cooking. I'm not a cooking person. Then I wouldn't eat and my kids wouldn't eat though, right? So I don't live by my feelings. I live by principles over my feelings. That's a huge, huge aspect there. So that's part of like that Victor mindset, you know, overcoming fears and obstacles. One of my favorite things to tell people um, and we have some clients right now with us that are getting great results and I love it. And one of the things they said to me on one of our calls before they were a client was like, they're like, I'm kind of scared. And I straight told them good. You should be because everything good that comes is outside your comfort zone. And so there should be some discomfort because if you, if you are comfortable, then you're not going to be actually taking action or changing or doing anything. You're not going to actually be challenging yourself. So hundred percent. Like they also focus on, on progress moving forward. Right. You know, they're not living in like, meaning they're not living in the, you know, the, the gap they're living in the gain. Check that book out. If you haven't checked it out, gap in the gain. But like when it comes down to it, like they also have proper time management. They're measuring backwards versus forwards, like the gap in the gain. They're always willing to learn and grow, which is key. And they're following through on to goal completion. Like these are things that victors do. Yeah, they take action and massive action too. Despite fear, because they're, they're afraid just like the victims. Don't get me wrong. They're afraid. They're not just some immune to afraid, <laughs> like or fear. Like they, 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 they have the fear just like you do, if, if not more or the same. But the difference is they choose to take action. 
Yes. And, you know, so there is so, you know, so many different aspects here that play into this. And so really just coming, coming up and just be like, no, like I can't let being a victim like control me anymore. And, um, you know, I actually called someone else out on this the other day. And why do we call people out? I just want to hit on this. So we're going to call you out because you need to have that awareness to create change. And we care. What sucks, honestly, one of the things that sucks the most about what we do is how much that Tommy and I care more for people and themselves as an individual and their marriage more than they do. 100 billion percent. That sucks. It's like, I can't do the work for you. Like, I can't. I so wish. I so wish that I had this willpower to, like, zap everybody and, like, be amazing and have, like, this phenomenal life. But, like, I can't do the work for you um, in that aspect. So, you know, I had someone fighting the other day just, like, for all of their victimhood of, like, well, you know, I grew up in a bad home. And, you know, I, I don't have, like, a great education. And, you know, I have this limitation or, you know, and I had this sickness. And it's like, okay, and? Like, whatever you say isn't going to shock me, but I'm also not going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, of course. Like, I'm not going to validate victimhood. It's when those people who are, you know, overcoming these things, like that's a victor, you know, you know, so I just had a heart attack um, because of all the stress in my life. So instead of like bowing out and like saying, oh, like, I, you know, I, I can't get help right now because I'm having all of these problems. And then I had this, you know, my car broke down too. So, you know, I really can't. And, you know, my, my wife says it's over. So I just shouldn't even try. When they stand up and say, no, I'm going to fight for this and I know how much I need this and I can tell that this is just the ploy of the enemy to distract me and I'm going to take that fast action. That's a victim. Or, I mean, that's a victor. Absolutely. And, and we've had clients who overcome a lot of those things and they get massive results. Absolutely. Like it, it's, it's really a choice. Like there's no excuse to prevent you from saving your marriage really, to be honest with you, when it comes down to like taking the action to doing this stuff or, and, and here, like you can work through it. Like, Honestly, any marriage can be saved. Now, do all of them get saved? No. Um, if you do a proper, proper like things like what we teach, then a really high percentage of them, 95% or more, yes. But like, you know, if, if you're doing the wrong things, no, it's not going to happen. So another one is a fixed versus growth mindset. That's another one of the deadly yeah. sins. And this is, this is one of the, it's a big one. And because a fixed mindset is like one of the number one, it's the number one killer of marriages. Absolutely. It's honestly, in my opinion, the only thing that can stop, truly stop a marriage from being fixed. Like this is, it's not infidelity. It's not divorce. It's not affairs. It's not abuse. It, this is it right here. Right. Cause you can overcome all that stuff. So like a fixed mindset, here's, here's the differences, right? Fixed versus growth. So a fixed mindset thinks that qualities are carved in stone. Like no one can change basically. This is how I am. Yep. This is how it's always going to be. I don't want to change. Yep. Their tendencies though tend to like have to prove themselves. Number one, they have a fear of failure and their fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. And then you got the growth mindset side of things. Growth on this. This is big because I love, I love the growth mindset. You know, qualities one can be cultivated. Anything is a learned skill. And you know, I have, I'm like Tommy and I are just like walking examples. Like in one, like everything that we do, like we had to learn in our massive skills and just even like outside of like our natural, there's just so many different aspects, but skills, you know, can be learned. And so that's a growth mindset is, you know, everything is a skill and people can change and grow. You know, Tommy is a completely different person than what he was. And so am I. In a good way. 
in great ways. <laughs> yes, not just good, but great. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, people change and grow. And in fact, like the growth mindset is I really everyone, everything is changing and all, all the time, every day. You wake up, you're different every day. You can either be intentional with your change and be growing in a healthy way, or you can be lazy and complacent and just letting life happen to you and existing. And then you're going to be changing in a negative way as you, as all the bad just compounds and just continue to spiral down. So regardless, you're going to, you're going to change, but you choose either positive or negative. Everything, uh, another, their tendencies is like everything is a growth, other, everything is a growth opportunity. Yeah. Uh, they also embrace and even seek failure faster. The faster you fail, the faster you succeed, the faster you course correct. Um, another thing is they overcome judgment, right? They, they have it, the fear of it, right? But it's like, screw it, whatever. Like people that have a growth mindset, yeah, they have fear, but they act encouraged despite the fear. So it's like they're, they have a bigger fear of like, what if I don't, right? Versus what if, what if I do and I fail, right? Yeah. Like, what if I do succeed? Right. And I miss out on all this. Right. So that's, that's, you need to think that way. But here's the thing. I want to address something because people think like they hear the whole quotes, once a cheater, always a cheater. We've done podcast episodes on it, all this different thing. We talked about it a lot. Or they're and a like, narcissist and yeah, they can't change. They're narcissists. They're bipolar. They can't, whatever, all that crap. Like, here's the thing. If you think a person can't change, then you are also not only very toxic, but more toxic than they are. Like when you don't, when you don't get to the root issue that causes the behavior, then it will be repeated. Just hear me out. Like cheating. Yes. It's a gray area. We talked about before. If they don't get to the deep rooted issues, then yes, they will cheat again. If they do, then no, they won't. Nothing. It will change quickly and effectively if you do it the right way. So when it boils down to it, a fixed mindset is just as toxic. Yeah. Like we're not, me and her are not abusers. We're not liars. We're not cheaters. We're not manipulators. That's stuff we did in the past. A lot of it. Those were actions that we had taken, but they're not us and they don't define us. Like your past mistakes do not define you either. Like you are not whatever those things are. You know, some people are like, well, I'm just like an angry person or I'm just this and that. And like, no, no, those things don't define you. Those are actions that you're taking. You know, even with addicts and you know, things like that, like alcoholic or, you know, whatever it may be. It's you know, a disease. Or the porn <laughs> and like, and no, like, no, it's not. Like, you know, those are just your coping mechanisms to deal with the problem and it's just the surface level, right? But those things don't define you. But to say people don't change is a fixed lens. We literally all change and you either choose which direction you're going to change. It takes intentionality. But also to say people don't change is to call Jesus a liar, First of all, he redeems us and sets us free. He was sent here for those of us, like for failures. He was sent to forgive, to be redeemed and made whole and new. So I'm not going to be calling Jesus a liar. First of all, go, everything we say, take it to, what does the Bible say? Everything we come, like everything is pulled from scripture in those aspects, like hundred percent, you know, but you people have to want to change and to grow. Absolutely. Like, of course, that's, that is the caveat there. You have to want to change and to grow, but even if they don't at the moment and you're an individual standing, you can still inspire them by building internal pressure, changing their narrative, building hope. There's a lot you can do there. I promise, oh yeah. Versus just sitting on your hands and hoping that they freaking fix it, um, or come back. So like also another one that is very huge in my opinion is a poor versus rich mindset. 
So this is something we've talked about solely on just one episode. So we're not going to go into like massive detail here. No, we're not. Because if you want to know that, then go to that other podcast. But there's a difference between poor versus rich mindset. You can also call it poverty mindset, whatever you want to call it. But some of the differences. So let's talk about poor mindset first. And this is one of the biggest things, honestly, that prevent people from taking action. But it's, it's you know, like things like money is evil. They have beliefs like this. A lot of the people that have poor mindsets, they want handouts. And just things for free. Right, things just for I free. want everything for free. Yeah, they want to spend money versus invest money. They think everything they think of in terms of money or giving it to anything is spending, not investing. They like they create debt and think it's bad, right? Now, consumer debt's bad. You know, investment type debt, leveraging debt is good. So if you want to know like more on the actual debt part of it, debt's, debt being bad is a myth for the most part. So go check out that podcast episode that we did on that. Debt's bad is a myth. And we'll tell you how Jesus is not against debt at all. And we actually give biblical backing on that. So they also make excuses like I can't or it's just not the right time, blah, 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 blah. Right? I, have, I have this and, and uh, they just put this, the poor mindset also a lot of times goes along with priorities being out of line of like they're going to need to pay for all this other weird, crazy stuff. And it's like, oh, why are you paying for all of that? Um, to begin with, <laughs> it's like, no. So it's a lot of excuses and um, a lot of the fear coming in as well. But poor mindset also puts a dollar amount on their marriage. Like, oh, I only wanted to spend a little bit. Like I only wanted to spend, you know, like a hundred dollars to save my marriage and to change my life and to change generations. <laughs> Good luck with that. And it's like, mm. Wow. Okay. So that's all that's it, to me, the people that really want it, it's, it, there's no dollar amount on it. It's invaluable. It's invaluable. Like, they're like, well, it's, it is invaluable, but then they got bills, man. Like, yeah, everybody has freaking bills. Stop being a victim. Like freaking make it happen or don't. Right. Like that, that's, it's either a priority or it's not like, there's so many things man. that we had to invest into and we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't, our marriage wouldn't be saved if we wouldn't have won leverage debt. Um, if we wouldn't have invested money that we didn't have at the time into ourselves and, you know, just nothing that we would have done, we would, would not be here with a poor mindset. You can always get more of it. Can't get marriage back. So like another thing is like they think in terms of problems versus solutions. They think that, you know, they're comfort driven, like, oh, it's not comfortable, right? Oh, good, right? But it's not comfortable. Um, they think rich people are selfish. Some Some are, yes, but most are not. Right. Most are not. And in fact, most rich people and people that are truly wealthy, I'm not talking about upper middle class, I'm talking about really rich people are the most nicest people I've ever met in my life. People with a poor mindset, and I'm not talking broke. That's a different story. Poor mindset are some of the rudest, selfish people I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've been broke, broker than a joke. So yeah, we <laughs> have. Yeah, this is coming from a place of like where I was. But, and another poor mindset is just like, I can't. Oh, I just can't. Like instantaneously, like I can't. I can't, I can't, you know, and it's like, mm, okay. Um, so that goes into thinking into the problems versus solutions. Also, um, poor mindset is like Christians should be broke, you know, and like, no, that's not truth. And that's not biblical either. And, you know, Christians should just do things for free. Like, no, it doesn't say that either. <laughs> doesn't say that in the Bible at all. In no. fact, Jesus was pretty wealthy. Like he had someone that was a treasurer. The people that are wealthy, people that aren't wealthy, don't have a treasurer carry around their wallet. Right. <laughs> like it's not, right. So like, to first Timothy, here you go. First Timothy five through eighteen, for the scripture says, You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. In another place, those who work deserve their pay. Yep. So there you go. Problem solved. Yep. And um there's just so much so in that. So believe, 
you know, belief that, th- that you're a victim of others' decisions and choices. Like that's another poor mindset, you know, and there's the fear of spending money on quote unquote non-essentials, you know, and they're constantly in like, what's the cheapest, cheapest avenue. First of all, you get what you pay for. hundred billion so, percent. I promise you there's a lot of cheap stuff out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of cheap stuff. Um, and you know, it's cheap. You know, also they obsess with getting deals and like free, like what can I get for free and, and those types of things. And, you know, if they believe that like poor also just believes you're lucky when you succeed or, you know, or that you have to do something immoral or that if oh. there's any kind of like monetary anything that like they're scummy and it's like, no, yeah. it's like the harder I work, the luckier I get. It's kind of funny. Um, but like then denying yourself as an ongoing way of life, that's another one, right? Uh, feelings of guilt when you have more than, than someone else, nothing, nothing wrong with having more. I mean, if you're blessed with it, that's fine, right? Like fear of being seen as, as boasting when you describe or a simple accomplishment, right? That's mm-hmm. a poor mindset, poverty mindset, right? Never picking up a, you know, a check for someone else that, that may pick up, right? Never feeling like you have enough like resources and just like always just like, it goes into the, you know, I, I just, I'm never going to have enough. And, you know, I have to hold on to absolutely everything. And that's a lot of poor mindset. Like they, they do cling to a lot of things. Uh, I used to have at one point, I didn't have the best money mindset at one point. And, uh, I, I did cling to everything. And so a lot of people hoard and, you know, that's oh, a Jesus. <laughs> uh, hoard and shop for deals. So, and so glad we broke that belief. Yes. Um, there was a lot there and a lot of these things are beliefs. And there's a lot of deeper things going on, but you still have to overcome it and push past it to get the help to understand, hey, what are your beliefs and how do you come out of those? Yeah, We didn't break these beliefs before we did all this, before we fixed our marriage. No. Like, we just freaking wanted it more than you do. So like when it boils down to like wealth is, you know, another, so the rich side of it, right? So let's go into that. So the rich mindset says wealth is my obligation, right? They invest money. They leverage debt, right? The whole Dave Ramsey BS, don't follow that. Um, Dave Ramsey keeps people broke. And so Dave Ramsey, great for getting out of consumer debt. However, not to actually, you know, thrive and to have wealth and to actually live beyond just your means, like of just like just getting by. Like if you just want to get by and exist and always just be in that just enough, that's great. Be in a retirement home when, you know, and not have any money left when you're old, right? So like, you know, and honestly not impact anyone and be selfish. So like that's the thing, like makes make make they make things happen too um they they push forward past the you know push the mark right like paul says like they think in terms of solutions not problems so they have a figure it out mindset versus like i can't i love figure it out mindset you ask me a problem let bring it on bring on the challenges and i'm gonna help find a solution i love it figure it out i'll get you i'll give you an example i get on calls with people and they're like well i just i can't i can't i can't i can't i can't right and then you got other people that are like, they're already, you don't even have to say anything like, or give them ideas. They're just like, well, I could sell this. I could sell that. I could come up with this. Like they, they're always like, they're figuring, they're most time they're figuring out a way to do it before they even get on a call. Yeah. Like that's the difference between the people that actually want it and don't hear when it comes to the mindset, rich versus poor mindset. Yeah. And a rich mindset is also purpose driven, you know, and like they're, they're very purpose driven and it's not just, it's not about money and you know, they're, they're purpose driven. Money is a tool Absolutely. and a rich mindset. Money is everywhere. And I actually truly embrace this and I find money everywhere. I don't care how much it is, but I do find money everywhere. Whether, you know, in 
you know, my family does too. So whether it's swimming in the lake and just finding like money on the floating on the bottom or money in the ocean or money at a stoplight on the side of the road or whatever it may be, you know, so those are different aspects too. And, you know, wealthy people are also generous. Like that's a rich mindset. Generous. Gener- generous. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. And um, also rich mindset is, you know, how can I just like that? How can I, and I'm going to figure it out. And also knowing that God is a God of abundance. You know, he, like, it, he's not up there with like this, oh, do I have enough to give to like, you know, do I have enough to give to Desnica today? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I got such limited resources and, you know, there's so many people and like, no, like there's plenty. There's, there's more than enough. Yep. Not enough. But why do we talk about this? Like the contrast here between the two? Well, one, money and marriage is a very big issue. Yes, I see it all the time. Two, not the biggest, not not the big thing we're talking about here, but that is a big issue. Uh, it causes a lot of problems in marriage, but also because the Bible contains roughly 500 verses on prayer and faith, but well over 2,000 verses on money, and approximately 40% of Jesus' parables actually deal with money. So it's pretty obvious God has plenty to say about wealth. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard people, even successful people, say that God does not want you to be wealthy. That's a complete lie. He wants you to be prosperous. Like we got the blessing of prosperity through Abraham. We got the uh, you know blessing of identity through God, and we got the blessing of authority through Jesus Christ with a royal identity. Like the say God that wants you to be, woe is me, woe is me. No, 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 no. God's not a God of lack. He's a God of abundance. Like he wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing to others, but he's not going to multiply mismanagement. So that's a whole nother story. But, but it's never, here's the thing. Here's the real truth here when it comes to money. When it comes to finances and being able to do something, whether it's with us, whether it's with someone else or whoever, whatever it is, you're trying to fix your marriage, right? It's never a lack of funds. Never. Never. I know that's an infinity word, but never. It's never a lack of funds. I don't care if you live in a hut somewhere. It's never a lack of funds. Rather, it's a lack of creativity and a desire. Yes. If you really want it, you will make it freaking happen. We've had people living in trucks, sell the truck, and then go live with their parents to make it happen. Like, there's always a way to make more money, always a way to get it, always a way to make it happen, to make it happen. And this applies to all areas of life, by the way. And, you know, this is, it's so true. You know, if you want it, you'll make it happen, you know, um, in, in all areas. And I could give you so many personal examples of things that I didn't really want, but I was kind of like teeter on of like, yeah, I kind of want that. And, you know, I didn't come up with the money because I was like, ah, I kind of, and so I didn't have that desire. But when I really wanted something, when I really wanted it, and some of you know what I'm talking about, like, oh, I got to get the new phone. I want this new vehicle. Oh, I want this new purse. That's like some stupid price for like a purse. Um, You know, whatever it may be, like you get it. Oh, I want a new toy. I want this new, you know, and so that's how like the desire is, is a huge aspect there. Yeah, and this is a problem. Th- this is probably one of the most common reasons people do this. Um, you know, th- they don't say their marriage, honestly. The most people that talk to us on, like, 15-minute calls, this is probably the most common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, d- it's a qualification call to see if it makes sense, if it's a good fit, if we can help you and all that stuff. And so, it, you know, here's the thing. It don't matter if it's individual or couples. It's the same thing. Like, before you, before you think we're jerks and you know, all that stuff, no, we, we want to tell you, like, we were broke. We were broker than a joke. So, like, you know, don't don't think that we weren't. We didn't come from money. Like, we, we have wealth now, obviously, but, like, before we didn't. No, and, you know, I'll also say, you know, those who pay, pay attention, and this is such a big thing. There's so many things that are free, and people just don't pay attention. And let me just tell you, when it comes to doing this work to fix your marriage, it's going to take some deep work. 
some things that have been being avoided for a long time. So if there is not a financial like tie to it, the moment it gets tough, you bop, people bow out. We have given it for free before and they don't do it. Why? Because there wasn't, there was an actual investment and they ran, they ran from actually doing the work because they didn't have, they weren't, there wasn't that commitment. Right. Yeah. And I don't care. People say like, no, I would pay attention. I've had people tell me I'd pay attention. It was a hundred dollars. Like, no, like you, I don't care what people say. I don't care what, I do not care what people say. People do not pay attention if it does not hurt their pocketbook. I'm going to tell you, like, you, it has to, right? Like, it's not, it's it's for your benefit, honestly. Like, it, you will not, I don't care what people say. That's not true. It's kind of like a comparison I like to say of, like, you know, if you go to the Dollar Tree, you know, the Dollar Tree where things are legit a dollar and you go buy a toy, you're not going to care when that toy is broke by the end of the day because it was a dollar. And you're like, well, what do I expect? It was a dollar, right? But if you go buy, like, the new xbox or the new playstation whatever the newest gaming system is and it's you know obviously more of an investment if that thing got you know thrown around or broken or just put on a shelf and never touched you'd be pretty kind of irritated you'd be like well i just you know what's the point of having it like you know in you know because there's a there's an actual investment because of our society just like the mindsets you know there there's that tie of investment there and if you disagree well you have a fixed mindset sorry to tell you but here, the next thing, the last one here is tools and tactics versus actual real foundations. So like people make the mistake of trying a bunch of, and we did all these things, don't get me wrong, like a bunch of tools, like before they actually get real help to building the right foundations. Like they do things like read books, like the love dare, which I hate that book out of any book. Um, it's so dumb. Do a bunch of nice things for your spouse and it'll just fix everything. No, uh, not, not at all. Right. Like, you know, the love languages, which is a good book, but like, it's just not going to fix things. Love and respect you know, tactics like slow to speak, quick to listen. People do that all the time. We did this. Then we did everything else too. Like we went to counselors or you get into your feelings, leave with no action steps or timeline. And then all the repeat next time, like Groundhog Day. We have people that come to us that have been to, going to counseling for 20 years. We have people that have been going to counseling for like, you know, 20 weeks every single day, uh, you know, five days a week, six days a week. And, you know, they get way more action steps out of us and way more actual help than what they did there. It's Here, like, it's not even in the, the same time. universe. I can't stand counseling. No. And it goes from like, you know, we've had people like, wow, like, you know, I've been in counseling for like over five years. I've been in counseling for like seven years, for 10 years, for 20 years. And, you know, or I've been on one prescription for 20 years or six prescriptions for 20 years or, you know, however long. And now they're completely off all prescriptions. And it's like, yeah. Most of the time within the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah. But like they try web, people also th try things like webinars, three to four day intensives, retreats. They go to therapists, they get diagnosed like we did with narcissism and bipolar disorder. Um, you, you, you go all these different things, right? We even went to conventions, pastors. I mean, you name it, we did it. Like they all... And they also all tried like cheap options, subscription-based programs like Bulletproof Husband, which is a joke. We've had so many people come to us from that. Marriage helpers, et cetera, like those different things. And all these things have one thing in common, even other coaching programs too, sometimes. Um, and it's that they're band-aids. Their tools and tactics alone will keep you on the emotional roller coaster. If you do not build all the proper foundations like we build in mindset, the mindset phase, healthy individual phase, marriage phase, like if you don't build all these, then even our tools are going to be garbage. Yes. And this is so important. Like that's why we structure our program. So people who are like, well, I need to work on me. Yes. Yes. Everyone needs to work on themselves. Everyone has room for growth. And if you weren't taught these things, which I can almost guarantee you weren't just 
based on um, the fact that you're here. So within that aspect, <laughs> and we weren't taught that either. So when I say that, it's not like a jab at you by any means, because we're not taught like it's the fail of the society. Yeah, we're just not taught these things, how to be healthy individuals. So if you can't be a healthy individual, if you can't have like true understanding within yourself of your own emotions, understand like what's going on, you know, how to, if you can't understand yourself, how can you communicate it? How can you be heard by your spouse? If you can't even understand you enough to communicate it, that doesn't make any sense to me. So that's why our program is structured the way it is because yeah, you do need to work on yourself. And then if your spouse isn't willing, like you still have to learn all the fun fundamentals of how to have healthy relationships in general, and then be taught, Hey, how do you influence someone to build internal pressure to inspire that growth? And how do you handle interactions with people who aren't healthy individuals? And how do you influence them to change and grow? How do you, how do you change their internal narrative and the way that they see the marriage, you, Mm -hmm. all of that? Like, how do you, well, you don't know. It's okay, but we're not taught these things, right? Yeah. And we're not. And honestly, I'm super passionate about that because it just makes me upset of like how we're not taught those things. And then we're taught to just go out and get married and, you know, live life. And it's like, okay, we're all just cycling these same cycles because people hadn't been taught. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Here's the truth. Most marriages, I would say almost all of them without the proper foundations that we teach are going to fail or if they're going to be miserable or just get by. Like, it's just one of, it's just what's going to happen. I'm sorry. Like it's very cold, cold, hard truth. And I will give you an example of this. I got plenty of these, but I will give you one for the sake of time here. So like, you know, to give another example here, like I made a post where someone commented on it. Yes. I deleted the comment because you don't want you reaching out to them or seeing them, but it was a recent post and it was mostly like based on the way they responded to it was their victim mindset based on, I definitely saw some posts in their timeline seeking validation, but I made a post regardless. My blunt post is I'm very blunt if you can't tell, but it, I said, if you want something bad enough, you'll make it happen. If not, you'll find it a BS excuse. Your BS excuses and crap mindset are the only thing holding you back in life. Does that mean you'll get all of your goals in life? No, but does it mean that, you know, that you're doing the right things to get the right outcome? Probably not. Um, Does it mean that, you know, like, you know, that, that if you get all your goals in life, you know, that, that that'll happen? No, that just means that like you will get your standards a hundred percent of the time though. And your principles and values when you make decisions in that. Mm -hmm. So like when it boils down to it, here's the thing what happened. I'll just kind of tell a story here and I'm not telling this to rag. We're not telling these stories to rag on people. We're not even saying their names. We're just saying this because we want you to see what happens. This is a true story. This case takes a course over a couple of years here, but they said that, you know, they, they said there's a lot of things you, there's a lot of things you try hard at and give everything you have, but sometimes it just doesn't work, you know, which is, which is true. Sometimes it, you know, things don't work, but here's the thing. If you know the real story right behind it, like, because I've had a conversation with these guys before. So if you go back and look at the truth here, we, we had a final call set up, you know, where he cancels last minute. This was like two years ago and uh, he cancels uh, like one or two years ago and he cancels Last minute, sent me a message saying the following, and I quote, I don't know how to get back to the page to cancel, but we're going to another, we're going in another direction. Thanks. And I know what it was. That was sent to two of 22. And um, seven months later, <laughs> I get another message because I know he went to counseling based on my notes. But like we get another, you know, thing that says, well, the other direction, this is, and I quote, other direction didn't, didn't work. Other direction isn't going so good. My wife has checked out what I expected. We're both believers. And she says she wants to make it work, but she's done. 
can you help with one person that has checked out and the other one lost, you know, lost her passion for me? I was like, yeah, the, the truth is, you know, they tried counseling. You know, I know that number one, two, I have been, I could have been like, you know, I told you so, but I'm not that, not that I'm not like that. That's not, doesn't line with my principles and values. But however, I told him, yes, absolutely. We do help. And I welcome him back with open arms, hundreds. And you know, we help hundreds of individuals all the time like this, save their marriage when their spouse doesn't want to, right? We simply call the power of one method. Now at this point, it's been a year later, still never reached out to me for help. And he never responded to my, my answer or questions or anything like that. And he's recently actually divorced now. And he posts all these posts on Facebook, woe is me, victim mindset and all these things. And he's tried every, and he's saying he's tried everything, right? Like, no, you didn't. You tried what I told you not to try. And what happened was, is exactly what I said would happen, which was that she lost hope. You both lost hope. It didn't work. You ended up in divorce and like plenty of, you had plenty of chances to save the marriage. And, and here's the real truth about this, the real sad truth. And I'm not like hating on this guy, but this is, this is what irritates me because of the sad truth of it is. Their situation, after looking back at my notes from, from like the different things I had from them, like it would have been an easy fix for us. Simple, easy fix. It would have been a done, solid deal, and they could be thriving and phenomenally happy right now. And that's the sad part. Yep. And it really is. And like this happens, unfortunately, you know, often. And it's like people are like, well, a I've lot. done I've done everything. That's like, no, you haven't. And we know you haven't done everything because one, like I'm just going to be hundred percent transparent. And I tell people this, like there is nothing that compares to our program. There is nothing. nothing there. You know, we tried so many different aspects and spent years going through all these different things and everything had holes. And literally I would ask questions. I'd be like, why don't y'all? Cause I, you know, as I was starting to put pieces together, I would ask like the counselors or the intensives and this, I'm like, why don't y'all talk about this, this, or this? I'm like, those are really big aspects. I'm like, Oh, we just don't have time. Or time I can't for something that's important. No, you don't value it because you're not putting effort into it. That's what it really is. And or I would be told, you know, well, we can't be direct. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I'm like, so you're gonna let people run around and you know live in these lies and not actually get any progress because you don't want to be direct. And I like, I was just so appalled. I was like, man, I don't want people to lie to me. I don't want if you really be honest with yourself and. Ultimately, like all the calls that I, I talk to, people want an open and honest relationship where they can truly be them. But in order to have that open and honesty, like that means that there's gonna be some things that suck to hear. You know, I don't always like everything Tommy tells me. You know, sometimes he's like, you know, I don't like your cooking. And that's okay. You know, we don't have to lie to each other about no matter what it is, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, like there, it's open, honest. And so we value open and honesty, which is why y'all get open and honest from us because we're not about to, to lie. Like this is also a relationship and we are like who we are all the way around. Like we, we don't alter who, who we are because we are authentically ourselves and want to offer and have that relationship of like open and honesty. Like we live what we teach. What you see is what you get. That's it. Like, this is us, right? So here's the fact of the matter. Like, number one, if you want to know more about counseling versus coaching, there's a podcast episode actually recently done. Go check it out. We'll tell you all the horror stories about counseling and why we hate it so much and want to abolish it from the whole entire world. But, like, you know, the fact is that you're, you're, here's the thing. Like, this is the real truth. The fact that you're saying that you are going to start another time than this exact moment 
in time. It's exact moment. Just proves one thing. It proves that you don't actually want it bad enough. You don't actually care. You don't actually want change. And that it just proves that you have not hit your rock bottom yet. That's the, that's the simple truth of it. Like what, what you're actually saying to yourself and your loved ones and God is that sure, I want change and it sounds nice and good, but I'm not done destroying myself, my marriage, my life and generations to come. Yeah. And you know, if you really wanted it bad enough, you, if you really want to change, then you would, you wouldn't be able to stand who you are right now. The way life is not one more millisecond. Like you are, well, you'd be done. And that's where like you would change right now, right now. And you know, people can say whatever they want, but urgency and creativity or lack thereof is what tells the real truth. You know, we see it all the time. The people who want it truly want it and they get phenomenal results. And the people who are like, mm, I don't know, you know, and there's not that urgency. They're like, ah, oh, I'm going to, you know, talk to so-and-so and, you know, I'll think about it and I'll see if I want to do anything different. Then you don't want it bad enough. Like your discomfort's not there. I'll say that someone's rock bottom a lot of time is one of the best things that happened to them. I pray that you hit it. Why? Because that's when you'll actually want it bad enough to where you'll quit on this self-destructing cycle where you'll make a different choice and then you can actually come up versus continuing that just path down. We told you this stuff because we actually really care. Like we, we oftentimes, like we said before, it, it's very sad and frustrating, but we oftentimes care way, way, way the heck more than a lot of these people actually care about their marriage. And themselves. And themselves. And it's very true. Because like, some people need it even just for themselves. Like just, you know, yeah, if you're sad. not eating, if you're like all over the place, if you can't focus, if you're, if you're self-sabotaging, if you're, if you're not working because you can't handle like the thoughts process right now, you don't need to think about any more of like, oh, what? No, like you need this for you, but <laughs> not even just on the marriage aspect. Like you need this for you. Because you also matter, but you're never going to have a healthy marriage or a healthy relationship at all until you are right. Yeah, you could say I could move on to find someone else. It'll be the same cycle. Same cycle, same failure. That's why people end with five just different marriages. It, it will eventually fail. It'll be bliss at first. It'll fail. I, I guarantee it. So that being said, we want to inspire hope here, not failure. So like, listen, like we want to inspire you to not make these mistakes. And if you really, and honestly, here's the thing, like most of the time we can help most couples fix this. Like if you really want to, it's pretty much inevitable as long as you can, as long as you can, you know, be coachable and all those things. So, you know, that being said though, we want to see you save your marriage. God wants to see you save your marriage. And uh, we just wanted to inspire you today, maybe change your mindset on some key things here and just really provide some value on some things to not make the mistakes in. Yeah. And honestly, one of the things that we like to do is just really inspire you to, to not settle and just exist. Life is not meant to just exist and go through the motion and just wah, wah, wah. And it's selfish. Like, it's, we're not. It's selfish. Like, we're not put here to just suck air. Like, it's freaking... And like, we're meant for so much more. And you yourself are meant for so much more. You have a purpose. God did not create you just for your spouse. That is not your sole purpose in this world is to be a spouse to, like, your, you know, whoever your spouse is. No. Like, you matter. You have your own purpose and marriage is a team it's united tommy has his own purpose and i have my own purpose and he's him and i am me like we're two individuals like we are two separate individuals who walk through life together as a team so you matter 
And we really want to see you step into your true purpose, know who you truly are, have that internal happiness that's not dependent upon someone else and truly thrive walking with God through life. Absolutely. So as always, we love you. God loves you. And we will see you on the next episode. Have a good one. Bye. Now that's all we have for today's show. And remember, prayer without action is just dead faith. So make sure to implement everything you learned here today from today's show. By the way, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Marriage 2.0 podcast. And if you did, please make sure you share this episode on your social media and tag at Tommy and Desnica. And if you did enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to the Marriage 2.0 podcast and give us a five-star rating. However, listen, most importantly, so many people are at the end of their ropes, crying themselves to sleep every night. And we can only spread our message and story so far here. So we need you to make sure that you really share the knowledge with others that really need it so that we can impact them. Yes. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure to join our free Facebook group, Christian Marriage Coaching for support, daily content, and free trainings to help you go from roommates to teammates. Have an amazing day and God bless.